Blog Talk Radio.
Hello, hello. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Queen's Conversations. My name is Lakisa, one of the queens, and I will be your host tonight along with Queen Ebby. How are you doing, Ebby? I am doing fantastic. I am so excited. Doing absolutely wonderful. Very good. Hope everybody is well tonight. We are talking about sex trafficking, and saying prevention is key. So we have a very special guest with us this evening. We're going to get right into it. So we're so glad you joined us tonight um, for our show. And Ebby is going to do the honors of introducing this speaker. Yes. Mignon, are you there? I am here. Hello, ladies. Yay, yay. So Mignon Jambon. yes, she is. One of our dynamic um, speakers at Blue Cross, and um, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about her. Um, Mignon is is such a a jewel. Um, It's it's the best way to describe her. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, She comes with a wealth of knowledge. Uh, She's charismatic. She's passionate, and um, just very, very hardworking. So uh, Mignon Mulvey-Jambon is a licensed professional counselor, and she's a motivational speaker. She currently is employed with Blue Cross as one of our medical liaisons for the Behavioral Health Case Management Department, and she also has a private online practice. Um, Her counseling experience spans over 20 years, including work with the CDC and in the Katrina-devastated communities in Louisiana, where she worked with not only adolescent youth and children, but also adults in the aftermath of that hurricane. Um, she has worked in all levels of psychotherapy, <clears throat> including county mental health facilities, university settings, emergency rooms, psychiatric hospitals, drug courts, schools, and also private practice. Specifically in Dallas, she helped establish an all-female drug court and groups for Dallas County Corrections, which was acknowledged by the Dallas Morning News. Excuse me. Mignon has a passion for educating and motivating people for change. I'm a witness to that. She actively speaks on many different issues, including addiction, trauma, social and communication skills, diversity, culture, and sex trafficking. She presents regularly at Blue Cross and has spoken for the Asian American Chamber before the Asian American Chamber of Commerce, Wall Group. Texas Diversity Team, and multiple medical and behavioral health groups here in Dallas. Her current venture, SciMoto.com, that's P-S-Y-Moto, M-O-T-I.com, is focused on addiction in all forms and making sure all those wanting help are able to receive the gift of freedom from any addiction. So welcome, Mignon. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. We are ecstatic. I'm extremely ecstatic um, to have you here and to, you know, just have you um, just give us some wisdom on this whole major uh, sex trafficking epidemic that's pretty much international. It's not unique to, to our area. So I just wanted to give you a chance just to, you know, talk about, what part do you play in the entire, you know, sex trafficking arena? Um, and just give us a picture of what it looks like. 
Well, I actually uh, I moved back to Dallas from Louisiana about seven years ago um, and immediately got a job with the Dallas County Corrections Department and worked with women in high risk uh, with drugs addiction, uh, drug addiction, prostitution. And uh, one of the things that I kept hearing were these common themes um, of how they ended up in prostitution or how they ended up a drug addict. And unfortunately, 90% of the, the common theme was uh, it was about a boy. <laughs> uh, so they got involved with somebody, uh, usually a male, um, and it, it kind of started from there. Um, and I started hearing more and more of these stories, um, and it just really – and I, I talk about enmity, um, yeah, that people could treat people this way, uh, just these you know, wonderful women that – you know, didn't have the skills and didn't know better, um, but were put in a situation that they couldn't do anything about. Um, and some scary situations, and I'll talk more about those later, um, because I don't think people realize that it's happening down the street. Um, it's happening here. <laughs> I don't think people really, really understand that. Um, so that's how I got involved in it. Um, it, I, it started my passion there. Um, I started to educate myself um, and go to trainings and, um, and then got introduced to a, uh, a, a company called Traffic 911. And what I really liked about Traffic 911 is that um, they were all about prevention. Um, so they wanted to stop it before it starts. There's lots of there's amazing companies out there that help with sex trafficking. Uh, New Friends New Life is a big one here in Dallas that a lot of people yeah. know. They're fabulous. Um, but it, the one thing that I liked about Traffic 911 is they were like, you, you know, we need to start with, with the kids, with the adolescents, because that's who's getting hit by this. Um, we know this because, um, you know, the average age of girls that are taken um, is ages 12 to 14. Um, so we wanted to stop it before it started. And so I really, really liked that piece uh, once I got involved with them. Um, and it just kind of flowed from there. Um, I think the biggest thing um, about sex trafficking is that a lot of people don't understand is when we talk about sex trafficking, we're talking about um, it's, it, the federal law actually defines it as any exchange of sex, of a sex act for anything of value, okay? So a sex act, hmm. this includes a lot of stuff, okay? So in a way I like it because it's very broad, but in a way I don't like it, but, <laughs> but it's a very broad definition. So what a sex act means is that could be pornography, Okay, so we're going to talk about this later about what to, what, how, how we can stop this. You know, watching any sort of pornography, mm -hmm. um, stripping, oral sex, the massage parlors, the prostitution, um, and, you know, when you think about those things, I also want you to think about things like sexting. Um, that, that's pornography if you're, you know, not dressed appropriately, obviously, if you're naked. Um, yeah. So it's very broad, and I don't think a lot of people understand how broad the topic is. And also there are probably a lot of children who are uh, involved in sex trafficking that don't even realize that that's the name for it, what, they're, what it is they're doing. But the other piece of that is it has to be any exchange of a sex act for anything of value. So it doesn't have to be money. It could mean a place to stay. It could mean a hamburger, okay? Um, so if I, you know, have you do one of these acts, and in exchange, you know, if I give you a Fendi bag, um, again, it, that counts. And so, I, you know, I think sometimes we, you know, we watch so much Hollywood that we think, oh, you know, sex trafficking, it's the prostitute on the corner, and she's got this pimp, and she gets money. 
that's not exactly mm-hmm. what it is. And in fact, unfortunately, in this day and age, uh, with uh, the internet, um, the, the internet has actually made it very, very easy uh, for the pimp and the recruiter um, to recruit people and get people. Um, so it's a very broad topic. You know, we could talk about it for hours. So, but I think that can kind of get us started um, in terms of your questions. I know you have Debbie for me, but, you know, just on starting with is, you know, how did I get involved in it? That's how I got involved in it. Um, but then also to what is it exactly, and that's, that's, those are the very definitions of it. So I wanted to make sure you all understood that as well. Yeah, I don't think most wow. people realize so is- that, yeah, I don't think most people realize that it's as broad of a definition. Like, we, uh-huh. think, we think of the movie Taken. Yes. <laughs> And, and it, it's like we leave it there, and and, and, we, and we think everything else is safe. Like people um, joke about pornography, uh-huh. and don't realize that a lot of those women are victims of sex trafficking. Exactly. Um, exactly. They are. I think I was listening to NPR um, earlier this week, <coughs> and a, a survivor. Um, was talking about how she was drugged, like she knew there was there were drugs in, in their food, so they would put whatever drugs they were keeping them sedated with in uh-huh. their food. And um, that's how they were able to keep them, you know, at, at a such a sedated level that they couldn't fight back. They couldn't, uh, and it was, I think that was depicted in the movie Taken. Right. <laughs> and, um, but just, she said that twice they escaped. She and her friend escaped from their um, abusers um, and didn't know where they were. Like, they uh-huh. came to, and somehow they were able to get to where they were, came to themselves, didn't even know where exactly they were standing naked in the middle of the street. They didn't know how they got there. They didn't know, you know, and they were, again, brought back into the, the crime ring. But <clears throat> these people are often, you know, people use pornography as entertainment, not realizing that they are contributing to the victimization of so many minors, not only minors, but just people in general. Exactly. Exactly. And I'll throw, I'll throw a curveball at you. Um, Think about adolescent youth right now and, and they're texting. And if you are a 13 year old girl or 14 year old girl and you send a naked photo to your boyfriend who is 15 Okay, and he keeps that on his phone, he could be convicted for sex trafficking because he's got child pornography on his phone. Oh, my goodness. There's, there are and lots that, of things. That, I, mean, I, would, I mean, I love, like I said, it's like let's get into the junior highs. Let's get in there and explain, guys, this is what, you're, this is what we're looking at. It's yeah. a federal offense. Um, some of these things that are happening and people don't even realize it. And I don't think parents realize it. So part of what educating, and I'm like she had said earlier, I'm so big on education, is that people don't understand. They don't have the definitions. They don't realize what it means. They don't realize the ramifications. And they don't really understand what's going on and what's happening. Um, and this happens all the time, and you hear it all the time with some of these parents who, who their children get taken or abducted, and they're, you know, they'll say things like, I never knew. I had no idea. You know, these things happen. And so we're going to talk about that later, too, uh, as a parent with things that you can do to watch and, and things to, uh, you know, to help. Uh, but, you know, the biggest thing, obviously, is education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So and these young boys who might have that picture on their phone. 
mm-hmm. and who have been poss- who have been convicted. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, just not of like, okay, I'm I'm going to sell this girl's picture. Right. Like, I'm pretty sure they didn't know, and that is sad to someone yeah. in in jail. You know. Well, and a 15-year-old kid doesn't, yeah, they don't get it. Um, And then their life has completely changed. And because, you know, a lot of their friends are doing it. So it's the old old adage of peer pressure. And they're like, well, I didn't know, you know, she sent me this picture, so I have it. Um, And then all of a sudden, um, you know, a lot of the problems arise from that. So, yes, definitely. Oh, my goodness. So when has, you know, when you speaking of the law and, you know, someone's 13 years old, 15-year-old, um, is it is fifteen the minimum that age is that the limit? No, like no. Um, it depends on the it depends on the state, but you're you know you're not really considered an adult until you're eighteen years of age. So in okay, the state so of Texas, like, yeah, they'll still get in trouble. Um, it's still it's still it's still a federal offense. Uh, now the the uh, consequences are worse if you're over the age of eighteen, obviously. When you're over the age of 18 or if you are tried as an adult, the consequences are a whole lot worse than if you're younger. Same as it is for a regular crime. Yeah, same as it is for like a regular crime. Um, But but, but what they don't, I don't think a lot of these kids understand is that they are committing a crime and they don't think so. You know, I'm just sexting on my phone. Um, You know, I'm just sending a a nudie picture. Uh, what, What harm is that? You know, I'm doing it on my own volition. Um, so there's there's lots involved in this that, you know, the legal side, we could be on that forever. Um, but the biggest thing is, you know, that age, and if you think about it, we're looking at most victims, uh, the average age is the age of 12 to 14. Unfortunately, about 99% mm. of these kids are never recovered. Um, their average lifespan is mm. about seven years. Okay, and if you think about it, the reason why is because of the drugs, the lifestyle, um, so you think about a 12-year-old that is taken, she'll never see her 20th birthday. Um, and that's just, that's just truth. Uh, but it is the fastest-growing crime right now. Um, it is mm-hmm. up there with murder and drugs. Um, and you have to remember, uh, you know, it's gonna, at some point it will even surpass drugs because you have to remember, if I have a 13-year-old girl or boy – I can use them over and over and over and over again in a day. If I have, hmm. you know, a marijuana cigarette or if I have a bag of cocaine, I sell that once, and that's it. That's all I get for it. Mm-hmm. So you're talking people can be sold over and over again. You're making more money. Um, so much money that we're talking about a $150 billion industry. Wow. Lots of money. Um, and yes, happens overseas. And there's, I had actually done a, pre, a presentation where Ebby had seen that I talked about this. You know, overseas is a little bit different. Uh, there's some different things that are happening overseas, and it has to do with borders, and it has to do with uh, the visas. There's lots of other things that there's some differences that are happening overseas. So, kind of what I'm focusing on today is what's happening here in Dallas, in Texas. Um, Texas is number two. Um, in terms of sex trafficking. Number one is California. Uh, Texas is number two. Uh, Florida's three. Um, so you think about what the, the states I just told you, you know, they're near body, big bodies of water. They have massive infrastructures in, the, in them. They have all the highways, the byways. Um, there's so many people, you know what I mean? So it's not like you're in a small town and everybody mm-hmm. knows everybody. Um, so you're looking, it's, it's, it's easy for people to do what they do. 
Also, Texas, we are close to Mexico. Okay, and one of the things that's happening is you you have the gangs and the Mexican cartels. They're sending the recruiters into Texas, okay? And, in fact, they're sending them into Texas schools to help find their victims. Um, And, you know, there's another question I think later we're going to talk about that is, like, you know, what do these people look like and, you know, what are we going to do? But just it's a very real thing um, that's happening. Um, You know, Homeland Security knows what a big deal it is. In fact, Traffic 911 has a program where they have assisted in finding over 700-plus victims and counting at this point uh, because they're working with Homeland Security and going through pornography videos and looking for things and looking for girls so that they can find them. Um, and get them home, um, and get them to their, their to their homes, and get them help. Um, so again, you're talking you're talking about a big group. It may not sound like a lot, but it is a lot. Um, and again, it's it's one of those industries, like I said, where it just continues to grow and grow. And I continue to use and use a child, um, and I make more money. It's just supply and, right. and unfortunately supply and demand. Um, so that's one of the issues. Obviously, you mentioned pornography. We stop watching pornography. There's not going to be these issues. Um, you stop the supply and demand of prostitution and stripping and all these other things too, and then there goes the demand. Um, so it's it's one of those things that we're going to have to hit it hard on on a bunch of different levels. So I'm reading here. <clears throat> excuse me. That the, the, a pimp can make one hundred fifty to two hundred thousand dollars per child each year. Mhm. And they remember, exploit an average of four to six girls at a time. Yeah. That is just so sad. It is, um, and you know there are some things that we can do, <laughs> right? Um, and I think some of it is again educating people, um, and, if, and and actually I think educating parents. I think that's going to be a big piece of this. Um, you know, the biggest thing, obviously, is the cell phones. I've said that. They have, that has made the job mm-hmm. of the pimp and the recruiter so easy. Um, look at your kids' phones. What do they have on their phones? What are the apps they have on their phones? Because here's the thing, Facebook, Instagram, Vimeo, Snapchat, Xbox Live, um, Plenty of Fish and Tinder. I know you're thinking, wait a minute, those are dating apps. Um, guys, <laughs> I went to – or any educating seminars uh, a few months ago and was in a room full of 12 to 16-year-old girls, and they all had the Tinder app on there and plenty of fish app on there. Okay? What? And they're just looking for uh, – yes. And there's another one called Kick, and that's the one that's, that's – that's a pretty bad one. The reason being is Kick, all you have to have is a username. So, like, I can make up any name I want and get on there. So they're getting to kids this way, okay? And they're looking for those – they're looking for kids that are posting things like, you know, uh, so, and you have this conversation with your children, like don't post this stuff. But they're looking things for like, oh, I hate my family. They're awful. Um, mm. You know, I hate my mom. My mom is, you know, so stupid. Um, I just want to die. Um, I wish I would die. Um, my boyfriend broke up with me. Nobody understands me. Think of those things that are very make you very vulnerable. Those are the kind mm-hmm. of comments and the people that they're looking for um, because they know that they can get in there. Because um, you have to remember, they're like street psychologists. Uh, they know exactly what to say and how to manipulate. Mm. And when you're talking about a child whose prefrontal lobe has not completely formed yet, um, which – 
which controls judgment and reasoning. Okay, so their ability to judge and reason a, system, a situation is not even there yet. It's not even fully formed. Um, so they can't always do that. So it's like you're going to have to educate your child on this. But they look for those type of things. Um, and then, you know, of course, these, these men and women, and it's women too that are doing it. It's not just men that are doing this. Uh, the women too, you know, they're posting fake pics, so they look like they're an 18-year-old boy. And they start talking back and mm-hmm. forth, and then lo and behold, hey, let's meet up, and then boom, they'll grab them. Or worse, they'll say, hey, why don't you send me some fun pictures? All of a sudden, they start, you know, FaceTiming and sending fun pictures, and then, you know, they're like, okay, well, now I've got you. I've got you naked, so you're going to keep doing this for me. And the, you know, if the little girl says, no, I don't want to do it anymore, well, I'll tell your mom. And what when what fifteen year old wants to go mm-hmm. to her mom and say, "Hey, mom, I've been sending naked pictures of myself um, to this guy who right. I thought was seventeen, but he's not." And and you know, it's they they don't have the capacity to do that sometimes. But those are ways that they trap kids, um, and uh, and they're everywhere too. The hangouts. I mean, you have to think about um, the malls. Um, shopping malls, they're there. Um, high schools. Remember, in high schools, they have other kids recruiting for them. Uh, there was a, there was a, uh, hmm. there was a, it was in, the, I can't remember, it was in Dallas. Um, there was a, a, like a, she was a cheerleader at a high school, and she had recruited four or five other of her cheerleader friends, hmm. and they were in this prostitution ring. Um, they go to parties, you know, and then, and then of course the obvious places like bus stops and airports. So if a child is a runaway, and what's mm-hmm. funny is the pimps will even tell you, um, they'll tell you they can spot a runaway in about eight seconds. Um, they know what they look like, they know how they act, and they are on them as quickly as possible, um, which is why one in three teens who run away are at risk within 48 hours of being taken. They got two days to try and make it, and if they don't, chances are they are going to be in the hands of a pimp. Repeat that. Um, that one in three teens who run away, they're at risk of, uh, of being taken uh, within 48 hours. Because um, they know what to look for. These guys, uh, these girls, are smart. And um, you know, one of them, we've, you know, we talked to a lot of these people in, in prisons and things like that. And one of them even said, um, you know, I walk up to a girl in a mall, and if I look at her and say, "Hey, you're beautiful," he, if she looks away and doesn't make eye contact and says, "No, I'm not," he says, "I know, I got her." Mm-hmm. But if I got a girl who looks at me straight in the eye mm-hmm. and goes, "Thank you," he goes, "I'm going to walk on by." Because there's something about self-esteem, yeah. there's something about, there's all of that that kind of goes into psychologically what happens with these girls. Mm-hmm. And some of it, too, you have to understand is, I think a lot of us, you know, with Hollywood, we grow up with these pictures of what pimps look like, right? Um, and right. in movies, they're mm-hmm. always like in these big old fur coats and, I mean, I mean, just ridiculousness, Right. But in reality, right. they're not. <laughs> they look just like you and I. They look like your husband. They look like the paper boy. They look like everybody. Um, and so I think some of that is just a child and in, in, in even a, an adolescent's mind, you know, this guy doesn't look bad. He looks nice. You know, he's dressed nice. Right. Um, he talks well, you know. So you have to remember all these things. So when people ask you, how does this happen? This is how it happens. Um, it's done very. It's done in a very clever way, um, in a manipulative way, and it can happen. And here's the thing: it can happen across all walks of life. Um, it doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter your ethnic background. It doesn't matter 
um, your socioeconomic background. Um, there was a case um, in Texas of a girl, uh, dad's a doctor, mom's a dentist, okay? And she was at a high school football game and was talking to her girlfriends about tattoos. That is another big one, by the way. Tattoos is a big thing they do. But was talking about how she wanted mm-hmm. a tattoo. This guy overheard her, went up to her and said, hey, I got a buddy who's got a, who's got a tattoo place. I can take you right now. You'll be back before the game's over. And she went. Hmm. And she said she knew when she got in the car she'd made a mistake. Um, and he held her for a couple of weeks. Um, and he let her go. And the reason being was actually because of our Amber Alerts. A uh, guy got too scared because her face was everywhere. And evidently dropped her off like on a corner. But, I mean, she'll forever be scarred. But this is somebody who comes from two very well-educated parents. So my point in that is it doesn't matter. Um, what matters yeah, is what's exactly. happening in your home. What matters is the lessons you're teaching your child. Um, what matters is are you monitoring your child? That's what mm-hmm. matters. Are you, being, are you parenting? Um, and parenting in this day and age is so very, very difficult. Um, because I, would, I, I am not a parent, and I would hate to be a parent <laughs> um, because, of, you know, because of phones and Internet. And, you know, I know I have to do this with my niece and my nephews, but um, it's very difficult. Um, but it does take a lot of time and effort, but it's one of those things that we just, we've got to educate our kids on it. Wow. Hmm. That was a wealth of information um, for you, everyone who's tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to Queen's Conversation. We are live and talking about sex trafficking and prevention. If you are um, wanting to call in, you call in the number 929-477-2304. Plus, press the number 1 to ask a question or comment. We would love to speak with you. Or if you want to email us at Queen's Conversations number one at gmail.com for your questions. You, uh, Mijan, you're doing so well. This is, I mean, this topic, like you said, you can talk for hours. I'm pretty yeah. sure about this. And there's a lot of questions I have, but what is the number one city in the U.S. for sex trafficking? This document. Calif- right, right now is California. Uh, Texas is oh, number so two. I mean, a particular city. Not state. Uh, a, no, it's it, yeah, it's just more of a because um, here's the thing. There's uh, each each city or and each state has one. We actually have one. We have uh, one here in Texas. It's the North Texas Anti Trafficking Task Force uh, that was formed in 2005, and so they get the phone calls. You know, there I'll give you those at the end. But there's um, there's phone numbers. There's uh, touch tone numbers, there's texting numbers that we can get out there uh, to let people know so that they can get to a phone, if they can text, if they can do anything, that they might be able to get some help. Um, so we, every state has one of those, and so all of those phone calls, all of those people are kind of like they're lumped into a number. Um, so that's just so I just well, I know California. I could probably I could probably do some research and maybe find uh, some numbers on which one's higher, but. Uh, California and Texas. I think Houston is higher than Dallas. But remember, you have to think mm. about where these places are. Okay, both California and Texas are on the border. They've got highways that go into a different country, uh, massive highways. And you're talking about massive numbers of people in terms of population. Um, so people don't always notice. Um, 
Ebby had alluded to it when she talked about the girls and they got they they well came to and they didn't know where they were. One of the things that these they do specifically with the women and, the, and, and, and men too, they do this with boys too, um, is they move them around a lot so they don't get familiar with their surroundings. They don't have time to maybe possibly make friends or have maybe somebody uh, aware of them or notice them because they don't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're, sometimes they are moving, and there are ways that they move them from Texas to Oklahoma, you know, to, you know, over to Arkansas, back down to Louisiana, then back to Texas. You know, there are ways that they can move them around. Um, you know, bus stops is a big place. Um, of course, you know, the, the truck stops actually were on the news a few years ago because, you know, all these men, these truckers are there. And there will yeah. be somebody there, and these girls will go into these truckers, um, into their trucks themselves. Um, so there's just there's a, it's like a highway line. Um, and in fact, one of the stories from Dallas County, I had a female who um, you know, was dating this guy. They had been dating. He seemed cool. She lived in a neighboring um, uh, neighboring uh, state not in Texas. She lived in a neighboring state in Texas. And he was like, hey, I'm going to take you to a party in Dallas, a big buddy of mine. It's going to be a really big party. What do you think? And she was 17 years old. She's like, yeah, that sounds like fun. So they got in the car. They drove to Dallas. They went to this party. And when she, you know, she got drunk and inebriated and, and, and on drugs and everything else like that, when she came to, he left her there and had sold her to these men. And oh, she was wow. in a building in Dallas where she was kept locked up for two years. What? And they literally just, yes, they literally, yes, this happens everywhere. That's what I'm trying to tell you. This stuff happens everywhere. Um, that's just one of the stories. I have multiple stories. Um, and she, and interestingly enough, the way she got out was, he had left, uh, the gate was always locked with a padlock, and he had left it open, and she saw that it was open, and she took off and ran down the street. And oddly enough, an ambulance was turning the corner wow. and saw her and stopped and said, do you need help? And she said yes, and she got into the ambulance. And that's how she got out. Um, so these things happen. Um, and you, and you just, you have to be careful. And I think we have to teach our children to be careful. Um, you know, yeah. even somebody, you never know, you know, like you, you don't know who these people are. And so when parents ask these things, like who are their parents and, you know, do they go to church and, you know, where does the dad work or, you know, where do they live? Um, you know, sometimes kids are like, Oh, why do you need to know all that stuff? Well, there's a good reason to know that stuff. Um, because, you know, sometimes that can also kind of alerts you to the fact that something may not be right. There's a lot of money yeah, in selling and, somebody. Yeah, this this young lady who was kept for two years, like she was obviously missing, mm-hmm. you know, because she had her own place, and, you know, and you're missing for two years. Mm-hmm. And for, what mom, mom just women? thought. Mom just thought. Mom just thought she had gone off with this guy, and you know, didn't know any better. Just that you know, they maybe got married or ran off, or you know, obviously there was something going on in the home there. I mean, there was. I know the story behind that, but there was something going on in the home there. Um, so mom didn't go look for her. And so that's one of their ways. She did not go look for her. Yeah, yeah. They target. They target people who are having family problems. So 
the dysfunction is already there in the home. So uh-huh. the, the resources aren't available. The attention isn't available. The <clears throat> the healthy situation, the stability, isn't available to support. You know, going hunt down this child. You know, so targeting a dysfunctional family is like the ideal, um, the ideal situation for a trafficker. Exactly. That's like the, that's like the perfect example right there. I mean, you look for somebody. I mean, um, you know, trafficker. I mean, like I, I gave you the example of the girl from, from the really nice neighborhood that got taken, but you know, both her parents worked long hours. They were never really home. They didn't really have much to do with her. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. But you know, they're also looking for somebody. You know, that maybe is a single parent. You know, mom's working three jobs, right? So mom's working three jobs, mm-hmm. and mom doesn't have any time for you. Um, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I get, I understand moms have to work three jobs. Um, I'm not judging at all. Um, and then sometimes you have, you know, or the dad is doing that, you know, and mom's not around. Um, you see that more and more nowadays. Um, or grandparents. I mean, now and nowadays that's a very real thing where grandparents are raising their grandchildren, n- normally because of drugs and alcohol and issues with the parents. But um, so now you've got a grandparent, and – you know, tell me some 74-year-old grandma is going to understand uh, the kick app, right. you know. <laughs> tell me a 74-year-old right. grandma is going to understand, right. you know, what's really happening and going on. It's not. It's just a different generation, and they don't understand. Um, so they're looking for specific people like that. Um, they're also looking for those ones, and remember, they're going to test the, test the waters, too. You know, hey, you know, we go to a party, we come in after curfew, you don't get in trouble. Okay, let's go after curfew again. Let's go after a curfew again. Let me keep you for a day. Uh, you go back home. You see what I'm saying? And then, so then the mom, what happens is a lot of these girls, they get taken, and then when the police ask these questions, right, and they say, well, has she ever, you know, ever, you know, been late for curfew? Yes. Has she ever been gone for a few days at a time? Yes. <laughs> Okay, mm-hmm. so how do we so how do we know she's just not gone for a couple of days and is going to come back? Right. That's, so that's, that's establishing mm-hmm. a pattern. It's establishing a pattern, life. and you have to be really, really careful. And so I, I know some people are like, "Why does this happen? How does this happen?" That's a lot of it. Um, you know, there's also fear tactics. You know, I mean, we have the Mexican cartels now. We have all that. So sometimes families are even um, targeted. Uh, for whatever reasons, um, and so there's fear there. Think of the gangs. Um, there's fear there, so I'm not going to say anything. Some families, unfortunately, will sell their daughters. Uh, they make very good money, mm-hmm. um, we've, and we've heard that on you've heard that on TV. Well, you'll hear, you know, oh, some lady tried to sell her kid on eBay for two thousand dollars. I mean, you hear weird stuff like this happen all the time, and unfortunately, there's a market for it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I worked. Um, in a rural part of California, um, you know, some years ago um, at this one particular place, but I had some Hispanic older nurses tell me that, you know, back in the day, like in the 70s, 80s, the migrant workers, they would sell, you know, the women would come out, you know, there's fields and fields and, you know, Uh different types of crops and things, and they would bring their, because she her and her mother would go and sell like food for the to the men, and she would when she was little she would go with her mom, and it would be maybe like fifty cents or a dollar, and some of her friends were being sold like for sex, like in the middle. Because I mean, think of uh-huh. hundreds like miles and miles. You know, I, I don't know if you're 
familiar with California. I lived there for eight years, but uh-huh. um, in some of these places, very rural. And uh-huh. they were being sold, and these are Mexican, Guatemalan kids that were, they were having sex with these young girls, and their moms were selling them for, you know, for money. They would have sex with these grown men. And she said that uh-huh. her friends, they might live in this neighborhood, and they're like, you know, they couldn't do anything about it because yeah. their moms were selling them. You know, you're you're not you're an immigrant. You're not in this country. You, you know, you're, you know, poor status family. And when she was telling me, and this lady is like sixty something years, well, you know, maybe sixty years old, and telling me, so I just I could not believe it. Yes. You know, so and that happens a lot. Uh, that happens that's the a first lot. First time I've heard that. Happens a lot, especially overseas. If you look at. Um, I uh, just see some of these impoverished countries like India um, and some of the Eastern Bloc um, countries. Um, that's what happens a lot, too. They end up selling their daughters um, to get money. Um, and like I said earlier, men over there want them for a different reason. They want to marry these women so they can get the visa and they can travel around Europe freely. Um, that's what that's about. <laughs> um, and um, so, yeah, it happens a whole lot. Um, and then, again, there's fear, um, coercion. These are all things that happen, um, but it's you know it's a very real thing, um, and it's teaching your children to be aware. It's teaching them, um, you know, lots of basics. Um, it's giving them self-esteem. It's showing them a home that is a loving home, um, and so that mm-hmm. they understand what that is and what that means. Um, yeah, those are some of the things that parents can do. Um, so, any other questions? Well, well, you know, um, we're going to talk about, we want to talk, uh, so much to talk about, but the D.C. <laughs> girls, okay, that's what we want to get into. The D.C. Uh-huh. girls' announcement hit the black community very hard, and many uh-huh. were completely shocked about it. But there uh-huh. was some sensationalism in the story, but there also had to be some truth to the well. Can you shed light on what might yes, have happened sure to the missing girl yes, in, sure. in, in can you tell us really what what exactly happened? No, I can tell you what happened. Um, and it, hey, I know it shocked um, the African American communities, but it, it shocks everybody. Um, it shocked me. Um, anytime you hear about things like this, it just to the core shocks me. Um, and um, you know, it's been in the news a lot that piece, but in general, we have that the fake news, right? That's been yeah. in the news a lot because you can post anything online. Right now, I can go make a website and call it, um, you know, the Daily News from Dallas. And I can call it that, and I can make it look really, really good and very professional, and I can put whatever I want, and I can put it out there. And when people look at the title, they're like, oh, the Daily News from Dallas, oh, my gosh. Um, so the first thing we have to realize is when you see something shocking and a headline like that, I know it's hard not to react, but it's let me take a step back and let me look who put this out there. So first of all, let me tell right. you who put it out there. It was an online source called Entertainment for Breakfast. Mm. So if that tells you anything. Mm-hmm. So this was written by this online thing called Entertainment for Breakfast. Now, the other thing that I like about the Internet to make it easy for us, 
there is a website called Snopes. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um, it's mm-hmm. S-N-O-P-E-S, mm-hmm. and literally what it is, these are investigators. So whenever a, a story comes out or, you know, urban myth, anything kind of interesting that's, you know, talked about, these people investigate. They go to the source, they investigate to get the actual information. So you can actually go to Snopes, and the D.C. Girls is actually in Snopes um, because they did the investigating because they thought a minute, they thought, wait a minute, this is crazy. So what actually happened is, um, there weren't 14 girls missing in 24 hours. They've, the, according to the police reports, they've never had anything like that in 24 hours. At the time that that was written, there were 13 open cases, meaning we have an open case on a missing person. Um, there's actually only one of them now, so that's kind of the aftermath of that. There's only one missing now. But the youth and family services there in D.C., what they had started doing is they started posting more reports of teens with color, so Hispanics, Asians, African-Americans. They started posting more of those photos to draw attention to this problem because they wanted it to have the same exposure. So it's not just happening to Caucasian kids or it's, you know, it's happening to mm-hmm. Asian children. It's happening to African-American children. It's happening to Hispanic children. And that's what the youth and family, their position was. We are posting these pictures because we want people to understand that this is happening. Um, so that's a good thing. Um, and actually, the overall in, in Washington, D.C., their numbers actually increased in uh, I'm sorry, decreased in 2016. Um, in 2015, they had uh, 2,433 missing. Um, in 2016, okay. they had 2,000. Yeah, it's a lot. In 2016, it was 2,242. So about 200 less girls were missing. Yes, the number's staggering. That's everywhere. Remember, we're talking about 45 million people that are in human trafficking right now. Okay, say that again. In the U.S. <laughs> And that, yeah, we US. have forty, yes, forty-five million people, and oh my <clears throat> so you're talking about that. Those are the kind of numbers everywhere. I love what she was doing. I love that the youth and family was like saying, "Hey, this is not just a Hispanic thing or an Asian thing or an African American thing or a white thing. This is everything." And that was their purpose in doing that. And then, of course, this entertainment for breakfast—they just kind of took it and ran with it. Um, and that's what happened. Um, now, there's still some questions out there. You know, the, the police can only say so much. And again, I think it's going to go back to what we talked about earlier when we talk about patterns of behavior. When you have mm-hmm. females who are 12 to 16 or you know, 12 to 18, and I'll just put it out there. If you're a 16, 17-year-old girl, and it's not uncommon for you to go stay out for the weekend and then you come back Sunday night to get ready to go to school Monday morning, as a parent, you're not going to call that in. Oh, she always goes to Susie Q's house or she's always, or she's, you know, she, it's not uncommon for her to leave for two days and, and come back. They don't realize they've been taken. A lot of these girls, they do come back. You know, the, there's the drugs, there's the alcohol. It may not even be sex trafficking. It could just be that they're partying, right? Um, and then they come mm-hmm. back home and take their licks as, as it comes, right? So that's part of this issue is, is it's, it's how do we get these numbers? And so that's why, you know, I told you each state has its own association. And, you know, we have the North Texas Anti-Trafficking Task Force. Our network, the numbers we're using, we're using from that because these are actual phone calls, people calling in, 
um, because that's what we have to go from. And here's the thing. The numbers, it's, it's very hard to get you know, specific numbers because we don't know. You know, is it somebody who has been taken or did they run away or did they have a boyfriend and ran off to go live somewhere else? Um, you know, or did they overdose and their body got stuff somewhere? You know, we just don't know hmm. um, unless we get a phone call saying, yes, this is what happened. Um, so, again, it, it, it's so – these areas can get so gray. Um, but uh, I mean, long, and, long and short of it, I'm glad the story happened. I'm glad it shook the community because I think everybody needs to know this is happening. And it's happening everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, D.C.'s got, you know, huge crime rates. We know that. Um, and, you know, if you look at D.C.'s socioeconomic and if you look at their uh, – just the demographic, um, you know, it, it's over 55 percent African-American. We should be posting those pictures. You know, the odds are that these statistics are there are going to be more African-American women. So if, you, if you look at the statistics of how many people are taken. So we should be posting right. these. And so I'm glad they did it. I'm glad it's drawing attention to it because people now are starting to ask questions. And so now this, they've had to come out and, you know, Snopes has had to do something and they had to come back out and say, no, that's not what it was. You know, CNN even did it and said, oh, that's not what it was. But at least it drew attention to it um, that this is something that's very real and that we need money and, and infrastructure behind it to be able to help these people. No, and there are some really great they, there are some really great people out there that are doing um, one of the things I, I want to make sure I, I said I said this on the on the show was you know the QT stores uh, the the gas stations QT those are actually yeah. safe house those are safe houses so if so if you, and it'll have a sign it'll say safe house and what that means is if there is somebody who is being trafficked held against the will prostitution you name it if they can get to a QT all they have to do is walk in and say I need help and they are literally taken to the back um, and they have a special room for them. They actually feed them, you know, whatever they might possibly be needing in that moment. They call social services, like they do everything that they can to help. So I wanted to make sure I got that out. There's a few things out there that are very, very helpful nowadays. Um, I got a call the other day from an ex-boyfriend of all people, um, and he called me because he goes, is there some kind of number I can call? Because um, I think there's some sex trafficking going on in this hotel. <laughs> and I said, wow. yes, there is a number wow. you can call. Um, because he just noticed, uh, you know, a young girl. She looked way too young, uh, very disheveled. Um, he just he said, I knew by looking that this is what was happening. And she had a trash bag, mm. and there was these two men. And he said, I just uh, this was not a, you know any kind of father daughter, and I just got a bad feeling. And so, you know, part of, you know, getting rid of this problem is going to be people like that who are willing to say, hey, wait a minute, you know, and I told them, I said, call the police. Um, that's the first and foremost. But unfortunately, they're, they're under so much coercion that they won't say much. But you can call the hotline. There's a hotline. Uh, that it's a, the Texas hotline is 888. It's easy to remember if you remember it like this. It's 888-3737-888. <laughs> Um, and that literally gets mm -hmm. a hotline. You can actually also text um, HELP, H-E-L-P, to be free, B-E-F-R-E-E. -E. And what's cool about that is there's always somebody on that text line. And the other thing about that text line is if you do not text them back within, I think it's 15 minutes, they will not text you because they, don't, they know that it's hard for these girls to get the phone sometimes. And they don't want to alert anybody that they've – 
message somebody. So what's the number right. again? Because I think I got too many numbers on that 888. Yes, it's 888-3737-888. That's too many numbers. Nope. That's right. It's just easier to remember when you group them like that. It's kind of easier to remember. I try to make things as easy as possible. Um, and then the other course, the other is text HELP, H-E-L-P, to be free, B-E-F-R-E-E. Um, and like I said, there's always somebody on those that can help. And then also, too, where you can call in and say, hey, I saw something that looked a little fishy. Um, you know, girl was beat up and in the back seat, and there's these two guys in the car, and, you know, it didn't look right. That's, that's what we need people to do is to start doing more of that. And, of course, stop watching porn and <laughs> stop going to prostitutes. So when we can do that, then there's not a demand for this. Hmm. This is just wow. So you know, there's another. There's to, a. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was gonna. You know, each state would have. You know, of course, of. I'm pretty sure a different. I'm actually in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh-huh. Um. But I'm pretty sure every state has its hotline, different things like that. But yes, when it comes to what we look for, and you said someone who. Because um, that's one of the questions that was posed. Um, what should we look out for uh-huh. in our own children? But you said watching their cell phones, being involved. Uh-huh. And it's so funny, you know, at our age, our parents were involved most of the time. They, I was listening to you about going away for the weekend. I wasn't going anywhere for the weekend with, like, exactly. staying out all night as a teenager. Well, and um, nobody should be. Nobody have- should be. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's inappropriate. Right. So it's cultural. But you're exactly you're exactly right. So um, that will be kind of hard because then it's, it's you're, now you're talking perception. So well, I want my teenager to have this type of freedom or not at all. So how do you get that into the mindset of men and women of parents raising young people? to say, hey, you know, they could be a victim of a crime because of your theory of raising, like, you're letting them go out. Like, how do you, I mean, unfortunately, yeah, well, that's it. That's it. Unfortunately, normally parents are, it's too late. Um, the kid's in juvie or has been picked up, taken, whatever, and then, you know, now it's, oh, I wish I would have, could have, should have. Um, that's one of the things I like about Traffic 911 is that they do prevention. Um, you know, there are churches, there are people that go into junior highs, um, you know, have meetings, you know, and inform and, and inform parents on, you know, things that we should be looking at, things that we should be doing. Um, you know, and I think, I think sometimes it's just perception because, you know, we live in a bubble. I mean, we may not think we do, but we do. Um, and we just think this is never going to happen to us, but it's very real and it happens down the street. Um, and I remember I did um, – I was in a, a – for fifth and sixth grade, so this was actually in elementary school, and it was for career day. And so I was there as a therapist, um, and I focused on drugs and alcohol because um, that's a very – obviously another really big problem, right? That's the number two problem we have in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, made it kind of fun for the fifth and sixth graders. I really wanted fourth grade there. But, again, the school was like, yeah, no, that's too adult. We want just the fifth and sixth graders, Okay. 
Um, unfortunately, it really isn't too adult at this point in time and in, in, in the way that the world is. But when I gave this presentation, I told the teachers, I was in the, in the, in the library, and I told the teachers, I said, when I, I'm going to ask some questions. I'm going to make a comment about that I know that somebody in this room has been offered drugs, has a family member that does drugs, um, or a brother or sister that does drugs, um, or that they've already tried it. And I said, and I want you to just watch faces. I said, because they're still young enough and they're in a big mm. enough room that they don't think anybody's watching. And I said, I need you all to watch their faces. And sure enough, <laughs> I said these comments, and I just kind of made a mental note as I'm scanning the room when I made these comments and the looks on these children's faces. And this was in a nice area. Okay, this is in a nice suburb. You know, so we think, oh, it's a nice suburb. It's not going to happen here. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I, there were several children, and when we all got finished, I told them, I said, okay, this one, this one, this one, this one. And, then, and we all kind of compared our notes, and I said, y'all need to get into this really quickly because it's already happening. And, and, I, and I made a comment, this is why I wanted fourth grade here, because <laughs> I can tailor anything to yeah. make it appropriate. But it's, it's already happening, and kids are so smart, and they see everything. So um, and here's a, per mm -hmm. here's a perfect example of how much kids absorb. Um, and it was on my Facebook a few days ago, and I was sharing it um, uh, with my man friend. And <laughs> we were laughing about it because it was mm -hmm. at church, and they were doing the children's sermon. And it was for uh, Easter, okay? And the minister looked up and, and looked at everybody, and he says, you know, does anybody know what the resurrection is? And I am not lying. This four-year-old stood up, and he goes, oh, um, no, but kind of, like, I know if it lasts more than four hours, you got to go to the hospital. Oh, wow. Whoa. <coughs> so he's, he confused resurrection with erection. Right. But this is a four year old who's listening. He's heard the T V, he's heard these commercials, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. he's putting it together. He knows that I you know, I c I don't know what I don't have a conception of what erection and resurrection is, but I know that if you you know, more, like he understood the concept. So that's my point is I think, unfortunately, our kids are so saturated with so much stuff, including internet and things like that, you just have to be so careful. Um, and these guys are smart. I mean, they're not going to just go on your daughter's Facebook account and go, hey, let's have sex. They're not that stupid. They're not going to do that. What they're going to do is they're going to be like, oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, my gosh, you must have a boyfriend. And then she's like, oh, no, I don't. All the boys in my school, they're stupid. And I don't know why. You're so gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. You know, and then all of a sudden it starts, and then boom. And now we've got somebody who's made me feel good. They've, uh, you know, they made me feel good about myself. They just seem to understand me. Um, you know, they don't mm -hmm. judge me. Uh, you know, and then all of a sudden there it happens. And, it's a, you know, it's a very small moment. It doesn't take very long. Um, you know, obviously, too, with parenting, you know, watch for just normal things with your kids. You know, is your kid acting anxious, depressed? Um, you know, fearful? Are they nervous? Are they paranoid, right? Are they showing up with new stuff? Like, you know, is all of a sudden somebody come in with a new purse that you know is expensive or a new pair of shoes? Right. And you're like, where did you get that? And they're like, oh, I borrowed it from Susie. Okay, you might want to check up on that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, things of that nature you want to be watching for. Um as a parent, so these are just like parenting skills, but things to be watching for. But yeah, most parents, you know, there's no book when you get a parent, when you, right? When you have a kid, they don't give you a book when you leave the hospital and right. say, hey, here you go. 
So this is all learning. And unfortunately, you know, you can, uh, you know, with, with, we have both parents working now. Um, if you have both parents in the home, they're both having to work. You know, there is so much Internet. There is so much stuff with phones, um, TV. You know, it can be very easy. Um, you know, to, I mean, you might be a really good parent, but you're just not really aware. Mm-hmm. And I think awareness is you know, key. That's very true. Awareness is key. I'm so glad we're having this conversation and updating our listeners. And, and listeners, thank you for joining Queen's Conversation. Our number, if you want to call in, 929-477-2304. Again, the number is 929-477-2304. And press, press the number one to ask questions um, to us tonight. Um, you know, going back to the um, the porn, pornography, uh-huh. how do they even get away with children's pornography? Like, this is so <laughs> real. Like, it's like, how do they get away with doing this? It's kind of, you it's know. Called like, you about... <laughs> it's called the deep web. It's called the what? It's called the deep web. There is the web which you see. And I believe it's only, if I'm not mistaken, it's like only 1% of the actual web. I could be wrong on the statistic, but I know it's very small. Um, And then there's the deep web, which is all the other stuff. Um, There are financing um, ways of doing things like Bitcoin. That's one that's on the news a lot. Um, That's how you pay for things, like virtually. Um, But there's a lot out there. Um, And, you know, we do have – here's what we do have. We have, you know, police forces that they monitor, you know, like the Facebooks. You know, you'll have a cop that's, you know, acting like a 16-year-old to try to trap these guys. But there's also – like I said, the deep web is something very, very different. And so – and you have to, unfortunately, kind of know how to go – you know, know what you're looking for, but that's where it goes. And, um, and then just in general, pornography, you can go, what is it? Um, it was one of the biggest ones around that. And, and I, and I know about these, unfortunately, because I had several women <laughs> that I had to work with that that's one of the ways that they would make money. Um, and I think I want to say it's just like www.usporn or something like that, or porn USA or, and it's free. You can go log into it, and it's going to pop up on your computer screen, and you can watch whatever video you want, um, and you can watch whatever title you want. Um, it's there. It's out there, um, and people know it. Explain the whole, what do you call it, the dark web? Explain it. <laughs> yeah, it's, a deep, it's, it's actually the deep web. So it's kind of like, um, um, okay, um, you know how our brain, we only use like 10% of our brain when there's yeah. actually, you know, 100% yeah. there, right? Okay, it's the same thing. We only use a small portion of the web. There's a whole lot more out there that we don't even know about that you and I don't access on a daily basis. But how are they I accessing? Believe, no, like, I are they, they know, they they know where to go. They know where to log into. And they create these porn sites and things like that? Uh-huh. They, wow. Yep, and they download. Um, you know, you can go to Backpage. Um, that's one of the ones I used to have to do all the time. That's a big popular one. It's called Backpage.com, um, and that's one that they use a lot, but they call them like massages, you know, mm-hmm. get your massage, um, and they're they're there. 
Um, you know, Craigslist went through a time when they were really getting hit hard because they had people on Craigslist. Um, you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, nowadays, the Tinder sites, the Plenty of Fish sites, um, adult uh, adult friend finder, I think, is one, too. There's a lot of those, and that's literally what they're there for. It's, it's for sex. I mean, these people are not looking for their love of their life like a Match.com thing. And even Match.com is, you know, has gotten some, uh, some backlash because there's just people wanting to have sex and trying to meet people to have sex. Um, so it's everywhere. I always feel like the oh, doors God. of hell have been opened up a little wider, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. You know, speaking of, you know, you're talking about these other websites and people going on there. You never know who's on the other side of that screen. You don't. And, unfortunately, these these young kids who get on, who I mean, it's like, what are their parents doing? They have a computer in your room, their room you're uh-huh. not monitoring. So it just, it kind of is, is kind of shocking to me that a 13 year old can make a profile yep and then not go through oh they know history. how to do it they know how to do it and here's the thing too and like i was yeah. saying earlier it's awareness because you know you might have a 13 year old kid who's a great kid she's a straight a student she's you know a cheerleader or she's in the band you know, she goes to church she's a good kid right but all her friends are on kick or all her friends are going to an online chat so she wants to be like them, right? So she gets on there and she's, mm-hmm. you know, talking her friend Susie Q and then all of a sudden, you know, Jack pops on. Hey, how you girls doing? What's up? Da 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 right? And then all of a sudden there it happens. And, you know, it can be something that happens very easily and very quickly. You know, um the other thing that parents need to be aware of, and, and this made, a, made the rounds a couple of years ago, but is, you know, make sure you turn off the geocaching on your phone, you know, your location services when you're on Facebook and things like that because I know you've noticed like if you go to Facebook it'll say oh you were at you know Walmart <laughs> right yeah okay well what perfect way for me to find somebody right <laughs> you're at Walmart I know where yeah. you are um, and kids do so much posting and things of that nature um, you know I think it was on uh, Dateline they did a thing with uh, uh, this mom and she just took random pictures of her six-year-old daughter in her home and this, you know, he was you know, working for us, obviously, but he was, um, he literally mapped out her house. He was able to map out her house without actually going to, to know where everything was because she had that location oh, device wow. on. So he knew where the girl's room was. He knew where everything was. So if he wanted to go and take her, he could take her. So that was one of the big things. That was on Dateline. I want to say uh, that might have been like four or five years ago. But that's kind of when yeah, that made the sometimes. big rounds. Wow. Now, I mean, this has been, it's been increasing Facebook. after year after year after year. Yeah, go ahead, Facebook. Going, going back to Craigslist, there uh-huh. was some time a while back where the, I think maybe that was the first sex trafficking that I had heard of through Facebook. Because that young lady was killed. Uh-huh. She met up with somebody. you guys remember that? Yeah. No. That's maybe like phone. eight years ago. The one at, well, there's one that just happened just recently where she was trying to sell her phone and was killed. She was meeting with somebody who was supposed yeah. to buy her phone. Um, you just have to be very, very careful. Um, this stuff happens. Yeah. There are sick people out there. Um, and there's money. I told $150 billion industry. That is a lot of money. Okay? Um, and it's easy to do. 
and then you throw in the drugs and alcohol piece of it. You know, like Ebby talked about earlier, these girls are so drugged out. They don't know what's top or bottom, right? They don't know what's up or down. They didn't even know where they were, mm -hmm. right? They didn't even realize they were naked, okay? It's that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden now they're hooked on drugs. And that's a lot of what you find that happens, um, and especially what I found that happened in Dallas County is, uh, you know, these women then were trying so hard to kick a drug habit, but they were addicted. And that was their normal. So, you mm -hmm. know, that's another problem. I mean, that's something separate from that, but it's also part of it because that's what they do. And you saw that, like, in the movie Taken and things of that nature. I mean, that's, that's what they do. Because they have to be – you have to be pliable. They have to be able to get you to do what they want you to do. And that means pornography, too. Um, you know, like, when, when people are watching porn, you know, they're seeing it look like this girl and, and this guy or whatever, they're enjoying themselves, right? But you don't see what's happening behind the scenes, right? Um, and right. that, you know, I think the, and the thing, the funny Facebook picture that went around with the happy family and then they showed behind the picture and the guy's got her arm wrenched and she's got black bruises down her arm. Right. You know, we show people what they want to see. We're not showing them the bad stuff. And that's the same with pornography, especially when you got a child. I mean, if you have, uh, that's just, I mean, it's just beyond sick to me, but believe it or not, you know, we do have sex trafficking victims as young as say six years old. Hmm. So what what would you say the top three things that we can do as you know um, as a community to help with prevention? I think education what is, is it, first and foremost. I would say education is first and foremost. Um, think about the things I just told you in the first five minutes, and all of y'all were like, "Wow, I didn't know this." Um, I think education is key. Um, I think as a community, um, getting back to being a village, um, you, you know, when we, I remember as a kid, you know, if I, if I, if I did something wrong across the street, by the time I got home, my mom had a phone call about what I did two streets mm -hmm. over. Um, we don't do that anymore. Um, I think having a village helps. Um, looking out for one another. Um, if you see something that doesn't look right, to say something. If you see somebody in a car that doesn't look right or a car that keeps kind of running around the school a few times and there's no kids in the car, um, you know, call the police, right? There's no crime in that. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just showing that kind of awareness. Um, so education, I would say awareness um, as a community. Um, hmm. Those are the two biggest ones because I'm thinking a lot of these things are more uh, um, going to be home specific, family specific, people specific. Um, is there anything that like a church can do, um, like like this traffic nine one one go into schools and do they go into they go they go into they go into churches they go into schools. Um, they actually go to the juvenile detention centers. They've actually educated hospitals. Um, and one of the cool stories uh, about Cook Hospital, um, they had had zero uh, sex trafficking victims. They got educated on it, and within a few months, they had found eight or ten girls. 
Um, it's just being educated on that because a lot of times people don't know what to look for. Um, so I think education is as a church, you know, even being, you know, going and, you know, I think churches in general, you know, go and feed the homeless, you know, go and talk to people. Um, and if you're talking to somebody that doesn't seem quite right, if they're not making eye contact with you, if they're not doing, you know, especially females, obviously I'm talking about might be something we want to look at. Um, you know, being a safe haven, you know, if there's a problem, um, volunteering, you know, volunteering for uh, people like mm-hmm. Traffic 911. New Friends, New Life is amazing, too. Uh, they do so much with getting girls off the streets um, and then helping them once they have. I love their program, too, as well. Um, I sent tons of women there when I work for Dallas County because I, I really did appreciate what they do. Um, it's, you know, partnering with people like that. Um, and I think just, you know, making people aware. And, you know, and I, I think I want to add this, too. It's okay to be... It's okay to be nosy. It's okay to be curious because mm-hmm. the young lady they found, I think that was in California, the young um, white girl that had those four children by this man that was missing for 12 or 15 years. You guys remember? Oh, uh-huh. she was living in the back. It's that big story. The house, the yard, yeah. What was her name? I can't remember her name. <clears throat> I don't remember, but, but it was she, tragic. You yeah. know, that was just. Horrific. Those parents, that parent missed her for years, but this man had been living in this neighborhood, the same neighbors, and they they thought that something was weird, but they wasn't 100% sure, and she was living there for years and had those uh-huh. children, you yep. know, and it's like, you And then what? finally somebody was exactly like, this is who. weird. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's like, it's okay, you guys, to, okay, and if you're wrong, so what? But if you're right, you probably would save somebody who had no way of getting out. Right. So right. I, that's that's true, too. And um, with the church, and I think, you know, definitely they, we need to talk about it, you know. And you know I, think, I think having a conversation for sure. Uh-huh. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, again, <laughs> listening to NPR. Um, earlier this week there was a report that I, I don't remember where they were, where – Maybe this wasn't on NPR. This might have been um, on Facebook. But two pastors have just been, um, <clears throat> excuse me, arrested for running a sex uh, trafficking ring through their church. Oh my God! And terrible. This is yeah. This is where it's important mm. for us to be very mindful that the church is not immune from the same uh, pitfalls of. Any other um, organized or organization? <coughs> Excuse me. What I'll say to that is, every church has to be accountable to how they um, um, care for your kids. Uh, there should be cert- certain people, like um, I'm sorry, I'm having problems with my allergies. There should be background checks for one. <coughs> uh-huh. um, two. There should be a process for how things are handled. So, um, you know, one person shouldn't be in the room with all the kids. It should be like two adults in the room or one right. person manages go, taking the kids to the restroom. There should be some level of accountability when you give you put your child in these people's hands. And it just broke my mm. heart where these two pastors, I mean, they what they did was they created um, – this club for kids who were in dysfunctional homes. 
Uh-huh. And so they, they did exactly what sex traffickers do. They targeted the vulnerable. Uh-huh. Um, and they used this club, and they were actually focused on boys. Yeah. And they it happens to boys, too. Boys. It's not just girls. Yep. And I think we often think just girls. Somebody on my Facebook uh-huh. page, because I've been posting since we've been talking, someone posted and asked me um, um, exactly um Hey, Legayla. Uh, she told me that the young lady's name is J.C. Duggart, the one that was in the backyard uh, of the guy. Duggar, Duggar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, Legayla. <coughs> when somebody asked me some of the statistics I've been posting on my Facebook page, they were like, well, what about boys? And I'm like, from what I understand, it's the same thing. If they're captured at whatever age they're captured, they have seven years if they're a girl or if they're a boy, because it's the same process if it's a boy or if it's a girl. Uh-huh. They're going to be yes. drugged. They're going to be used in rotation. Um, and I'm thinking seven years is being generous probably. Yeah, and they say, I mean, that's just kind of the average. Um, but, like, but again, because of the lifestyle, because of the things that they're having to do um, on a daily basis, drugs, alcohol, everything else like that, um, the human body just can't withstand that, and then of course a lot of them you know, get lost to you know overdoses, you know suicides, things of that nature. Um, but you know I think it's you know it can be anywhere, and I and, and I, I just go back to when I was a child, and you know the basic stranger danger that we were taught. Um, and it's, yeah. if some or the you know good touch bad touch, you know when somebody is doing something that doesn't seem right or you know if it's the bad touch or if it's you know kind of a stranger danger, it's you know, I think things lines have gotten so blurred to where it's like, oh, stranger danger. Oh, but he's my, but he, I go to church with him, or, uh, oh, but that's my school teacher. Um, no, <laughs> it's it's it's, you know, it's it's all across mm-hmm. the board. It's getting back to basics, but it's really, I think, just having a conversation with your kids, keeping that conversation open. As parents, trying not to be judgmental. You know, when your kid comes home and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know. Uh, you know, I love him so much, and he broke up with me. And what does what do moms do? Oh, you didn't love him. You're so young. Don't worry about it. You'll 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 meet ten thousand more. Okay, that's not validating your child's feelings. <laughs> okay, because right. to mm-hmm. your child, that really was like the love of their life, and that was like this is awful, and I feel terrible, and we don't want to minimize that because then they're not going to come back and talk to us anymore. Um, why would they? Because all they're going to say is, oh, all she's going to do is tell me I'm too young or I'll do it later or she's going to tell me no. Or it's, you know, it's make sure you're having a conversation with your child. Um, you're not telling your child um, whatever it is you want to tell all the time. Um, and that makes the difference because those, those kids are going to come to you. They're going to talk to you about things. They're going to ask you questions, um, you know, and then that in and of itself can kind of, lead you down the, you know, the Mission Impossible track so that you can start being the spy, right, and, you know, maybe looking at some things or, or setting some more mm-hmm. boundaries possibly. Because uh, I think kids uh, in general, they will tell us when something's not right, um, when something's out of whack by their actions um, and their behaviors and the things they say if we just listen. Um, and sometimes we forget mm-hmm. to really listen to people. And kids, because right, we're like, oh, they're just kids. Oh, she'll get over it. Well, you know, you know, go back to when you were that age, man. That hurt when he broke up with me, right? My heart was broken. Oh, I cried for days, right? You know, it's those kind of, Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I think it's kind of remembering those things, and I think too, allowing your kids just to be kids as long as possible. Um, you know, not, not giving them things that are. 
um, not age appropriate before it's time because um, I think that happens a lot too um, mm-hmm. where these you know kids just become little adults and y'all all have seen them y'all know them yeah. you know you've seen an eight year old mm-hmm. who's like you know twenty two. I mean, she can hang out with a 22-year-old and hold her own, you know. Um, so it's like, yeah. wow, you know. So, so why can you blame her for if something like this starts to happen? It's, you know, it's one of those things. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many fa- – if this is a diamond, you know, there's so many sides to this. Um, but the basic is it's, it's just being aware. It's educating. It's not doing these things as, you know, if there's no demand, then we don't need the product. Um, it's just going back to these basic things and, you know – to help our kids and so our kids can survive. Wow. Um, this has been a heavy topic, but definitely <laughs> yeah. necessary. For sure, um, necessary. And with all these women, oh, per day, how many women, do you have a statistic, how many women per day are newly um because these are really like kidnapping, basically, are people who, but like per day, how many people get into sex trafficking? Can, can we say one thing, though, before you answer that question? Can we say some yeah. of this kidnapping is not just physical kidnapping, it's more so psychological? Yes. And, I, and I say, I'm saying that because part of the success of a, uh, this the, their rings is that there isn't a physical um abduction like in Taken where an Amber Alert is going to, you know, be broadcast. They need someone who is there psychologically trapped um, because they need someone who has a history. And it's so critical, and I'm so thankful because I've heard Mignon talk about the international Uh um, sex trafficking and it's so critical mm-hmm. that we understand that they're not they're not like pat, driving down the street snatching girls as they walk to school. Um, not to say that that doesn't happen, but the success of that particular crime ring is reduced because now you have introduced police presence more so in your crime ring if you're just snatching kids up off the street. But if you can get a child, because mm. in, in some of these statistics, they're actually saying that these kids often have access to <coughs> excuse me, to the Internet and to cell phones while they're in, in their abduction. So it's psychological. It's not uh-huh. just physically forcing them, chaining them, they're drugged. That's part of it. But it's also a psychological uh-huh. trap that these kids are in. But go ahead and answer me, I'm sorry. I just wanted to make sure. Well, and I, just, and, I, and, I, and I wanted to make sure I had a good, a good answer for you. And I, they don't have a day. Uh, well, yeah, they do. Um, basically, they're saying 2,000 a day. That's nationwide. That are newly so that, introduced. Mm-hmm. That are that are kidnapped. That are missed. That are reporting missing daily. That's two thousand a day. Now of that percentage, you know, there's going to be some that were kidnapped. There'll be some that were adopted. There'll be some that were trafficked. Um, but that, in general, they're giving a, a, a two thousand a day total, which is a lot. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, you got two thousand kids is. over fifty states. You know, getting. Um, taken every day um, and again I think some of that also does depend on your demographic um, you know you're looking at the top you're looking at California you're looking at Texas you're looking at Florida um, believe it or not I think Ohio was in the top 10 um, which I thought was interesting but again not uh, kind of near the, the colder states and um, uh, the lake states up there and then you know getting into Canada if you want to take them um, New York New Jersey 
those are the big ones. Um, so, um, you know, I think you're looking at the bigger populated areas because it's easier to take somebody in a heavily populated area than like, let's say we're in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, right? <laughs> if I'm in Broken mm-hmm. Arrow, Oklahoma, you know, people know what you do before you do it. Um, and Dallas, Texas, that's not what happens. And Houston, Texas, that's not what happens. So I think you have to kind of yeah. factor in all those things before I, before I would say this is it for sure. Hmm. But it's a, it's no. a really big problem, and unfortunately, it's a global problem. You know, like the the, the taken issue, it is a global problem. Um, you know, China, uh, the Asian countries. <laughs> you know, actually, your top ten countries for sex trafficking are all Asian and Indian, <laughs> literally. Um, those are the top tens. I mean, like the Bangladesh, Thailand, India. Um, those are the places I'm talking about uh, because you're talking about again. Look at the demographic: of poor, impoverished people. Um, you're looking at uh, not enough women for per uh, to men uh, per capita. Uh, there's lots of other reasons involved, and I talked about those too. It's like you know, they need, needing visas and being able to travel throughout the country, but. Um, you know, the Asian countries and the Indian countries, that's part, the biggest problem is uh, gender side because they were killing off so many of their females for males because they were uh, – they're better for the family and they make more money for the family, whereas women cost money for the right. family. And mm-hmm. now we have this problem of we don't have enough women for men. So that's an issue. So you've got lots of men mm-hmm. that need a woman. So – that's part of the sex trafficking, especially um, overseas. So you've got there's lots isn't of it that too. But crazy. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Isn't yeah. that crazy for them to be? Are you, talk, are you talking about China? Are you talking about China yeah. specifically? Uh, well, they're all, all the Asian. I'm um, China, Thailand. They're all all of them. They're like that. But China, you know, they had the the the, the, the child laws there. Um, now they've you know they've relaxed those and allow you to have more children. But I've been to China, um, and I have specifically seen <laughs> you know uh, in fact they call all their their boys little princes because that's what they are because they wanted a boy and they made it that way and they can only have so many children so that's what they did because the boys can provide for the families whereas women do not um and that happens in india as well so um you know the gender side uh against females has it's, it's happened and now you're looking at uh, really big problems, especially in China, you know, that I think it's in a couple of years. I'm trying to remember I did, a, I did this uh, presentation a few years ago, but um, I think we're coming up on it, where there will be no 18-year-old female to marry an 18-year-old male. There just aren't any. Because remember, you, you take something what, out of Wow. <laughs> if you take if you if you take a sex away and you just keep producing males and you have no females, then yeah. they grow up at some point, and if you don't have anyone for them to marry, what are they going to do? You know, <laughs> they said when when they turn eighteen, one of two things are going to happen. Um, they're either the <clears throat> the sex trafficking is going to increase, which uh-huh. said definitely will happen, and or they're going to start a war because yep. you're going to have all this energy and nowhere to shift it. It's just going to be sitting there because there are no women because they they either left they left daughters abandoned on the side of the road. They put them in trash cans. Uh-huh. They I mean they they just didn't they would abort them. So that left only males. So what do we think is going to happen when these 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds have all this extra energy? What are they going to do with that? 
And, of course, we don't hear much coming out of China because everything's locked down over there. You can't even get on Facebook when you're in China. But India, you know, we've heard lots of those lately, you know, all the rapes that you hear from these women, from women and things of that nature. Um, and it's and some of it's cultural, yes, but, um, again, um, you're looking at the gender side that was happening in India. So it's, you know, there's so many different things that are happening worldwide. So it's it, it's not just here in the States, but it is here in the States. And I think that's the biggest thing is we think of movies like Taken and think, oh, it's just happening there. It's happening here. It's happening on Martin Luther King Boulevard. You know, it's happening on Harry Hines Boulevard. It's happening on Maple Avenue. It's happening in all those places. Um, you know, confidentiality keeps me from doing a, saying a lot of things. But, I mean, trust me, I've I've worked with thousands of women in the seven years I've been here in Texas, and their stories are all the same, unfortunately. Um, and it's all the same type of things. And they all come from vast backgrounds. And yes, they may come from low-income, uh, one you know, one parent homes, but they also come from, you know, high socioeconomic background. So it's, it doesn't discriminate. And I think that's the biggest piece that we can put out about this um, is, is, is sex trafficking doesn't discriminate. All you got to do is, 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 you know, is, is have the elements that God gave you <laughs> from the waist right. down and that's what's needed. Um, and whether you're male or female. Well, we have, Two more minutes left on the show, and we just want to thank you so much for being a part of Queen's Conversations, and I hope you guys, our listeners, that you have learned a lot. We would love to have you back on again. This is very vital information that needs to be shared in education, but if you can, we can do just a quick roundup of Mm -hmm. um, kind of just a summary of what you want to share? What is one vital thing you want to say to the people, to our listeners? Says we have 90 <laughs> seconds left. I would just say educate yourself. You know, these everything that you hear about on the news, sometimes it's sensationalized, but it's real, right? Um, and so educate yourself. Um, you know, when you when you Google something, go to, you know, reputable websites. Um, you know, go to these organizations like Traffic 911's New Friends, New Life, um, you know, and educate yourself. Get around those people that do understand it. Ask questions. Know that these things are happening in your neighborhood. Um, and um, I think education is the biggest thing, and not just educating yourself, but then sharing it. Um, you know, God gave us a voice to share, um, and if you don't have a voice, write it, right? There is a way that you can share your knowledge, and I think that that's the biggest thing that we can give to each other and to um, generations to come is our knowledge. Wonderful. Oh, very well, thank very you so good. Much, okay, Leon. well, you thank you all so much for having me. I so appreciate it. <laughs> I know I went fast on some of it, but it is like I, I said to. earlier, it's a big yeah. topic. Oh, yeah. you were you were excellent, and thank you guys for listening. Tune in for our conversation. All right. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much. You guys have a great week. No one else beside you who can do the things you do. That's why we No one else can reign with power, strength, and glory. All the heavenly hosts proclaim you are.